0: Welcome to this season-ending edition of the Better Rivals Podcast. My name is Oscar Aparicio, and this week, the 49ers season does indeed come to an end. They lose to the LA Rams 20-17. to And with me this week, sitting in his very own puddle of pain, it's David Newman. That is a, a highly accurate description of what's happening yeah. right now, for sure. It's, you know, we, we're we old, but we be running. <laughs> Sunday is the long run day. Uh, and so, yeah, the body, the body has been telling us to take it easy for a bit. And we said, no, I will not go gently into that good night, <laughs> unlike the 49ers. And, and so we decided to run through pain. And here we are. Body hurts. This particular hurts.
1: Sunday, the longest of long runs. And, uh, yeah, between that and this game, uh,
0: just I, I just cannot wait to get to bed. Look, here's the thing. That loss sucks. We're going to talk about what went wrong and some quick hits and just kind of lay it all out on the table, but that's not where I want to start. I want to start with enjoying what this season was because this season was a success by any measure that you could have drawn up. If you would have drawn up the Niners going on a deep playoff run at the beginning of the season, you think to yourself, yeah, that's exactly what this team is built to do and they can do that. The the team overperformed to get here. Like, the reason that they were so such a fun story is because they shouldn't have beat the Rams in Week 18. They shouldn't have beat the Cowboys. They shouldn't have beat the Packers. And and yet, here they are, finally capitulating, one in seven games to the Rams. And, And yes, it was the most pivotal game, and it was the most important game, but... But it still was a successful season by any measure. Like anyone who was sitting there and shitting on Kyle Shanahan at the beginning of the year when they were two and uh, or three and five, I think, you know, now you look back and you're like, yeah, look, he's got some deficiencies. We're going to talk about them here in a minute. But overall, he's still a good coach. He still puts a good product out on the field. D'Amico Ryans being, you know, an emergent force as a defensive coordinator. I mean, lots of things went right for the 49ers this season, despite the fact that it's ending without a Super Bowl.
1: I mean, it's completely fucking wild that they had an opportunity to play for the Super Bowl and like near like they nearly did it. You know, I, I, again, they it was were, it was there. Yeah. It
0: was within Jaquaski Tart's hands.
1: <laughs> it, it was right fucking there for him. Uh, and yeah, I mean, the, just the fact that they were able to make it this far. Uh, right. They, they had a lot of things that had to go their way. Right. A lot of good fortune, um, you know, last week being chief among them right you look at how that Packers game went and what needed to happen in order for them to come out with a win there and and, and so yeah I think it was just kind of a matter of uh as we're going to get into uh luck ran out a little bit and and yeah I, I think that's uh while it still obviously sucks and and it's still like not a fun feeling because it it just really felt like it was right there for them to to kind of take that and have a chance to go play for a Super Bowl, but like. Yeah, yeah, again, the, the fact they're in this position to begin with is
0: is kind of crazy. Yeah, and I think especially knowing that the Bengals won and knowing that we've already beaten right, them we, once. I was
1: like, oh, well, at least if they do win, we don't have to lose to Mahomes again.
0: Like, this yeah. is great. Uh, the, so the, a couple players, I think, that emerged for me this season that even though I, I think in the past we knew they, they were good or didn't know they existed. <laughs> uh, now it's like, OK, they, they are on the map. And, and the first player is Debo Samuel. Like, what a fun season for Debo Samuel. He is an absolute star at the—I'm not going to call him wideback. That just sounds weird. Wide receiver, running back, you know, quarterback position because the, the guy really can do it all. And seeing him on the bench at the end of the game crying with Odell Beckham, you know, kind of whispering in his ear gently, don't worry, I'll be a Niner soon. Um, you know, d- that, that, was, that was heartbreaking, you know, because he put everything out on the line. The dude is getting murdered left and right, and, and he just— you know, that, my heart breaks for him, but, but seeing him emerge as a legit star— in this league is good for the 49ers in general.
1: I mean, just such an incredible season from him. Um, So much fun at it, it times. It, a lot of times was really their only offense and, yeah. and just was the thing that kept them going and, and was such a huge region reason that they were able to get to this position to begin with. And, and so, yeah, he was uh, just incredible to watch this year and it was so much fun and, and just so much fun to see him become, you know, that caliber of player that, uh it really feels you know we have it's been a long time since we've had a guy like yeah. that at this position right and and just seeing all the different things he can do and yeah you just see the absolute beating that he takes uh he's given out a lot of beatings you know most of the time it, it, is. it is him dishing but uh you know he takes his fair share of uh, a big hits as well and just kind of keeps bouncing right back up and is right there and is doing everything this team needs him to do so yeah a uh, huge huge year for him
0: I mean, my man Reader from the Rams, 51, he's going to need to become a librarian soon and just stick to reading books because what he a got rough bodied. in half for him. He got bodied by a lot of players, Debo notwithstanding. And another player, too, in my mind, that has elevated from the Hall of Life and the Hall of Love, Juwan Jennings. That third down where he's dragging himself across the line to get that first down to keep the drive alive, he's emerging as another really option in the passing game as a third wide receiver. A lot of people were wondering what would happen. Well, who's going to fill Kendrick Bourne's spot? I think Juwan Jennings might be just as good uh, as Kendrick Bourne, uh, maybe even better as a third wide receiver. Elijah Mitchell doing what he needs to do in this run scheme, you know, getting the yards that are blocked for him. Um, I mean, there's, there's a lot of players that have really proved that they can contribute to this team as they move into next season when, when maybe they have a quarterback that can attack all areas of the field. And and I think that, that's, that those are the things that, that I am going to take away from this season. It was a lot of fun as a sixth seed to go to Lambeau and beat them, to go to to see them win a playoff game in Dallas. I mean, this this is going to be a fun season for me, irrespective of the fact that they did not end up winning this game and going to the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, again, I think they they have a lot of players that uh, are just fun to root for, fun to watch, and, and even, you know, kind of when things, uh, aren't necessarily going super well, right. Players that you've been able to rely on and and that just seem to always show up, right. And, and make those big plays when you need them. And, and so, yeah, I, I think especially offensively, right. I mean, all three of the guys that you mentioned, uh, on the offensive side of the ball, I think we've really seen, uh, you know, several, I would add Ayuk to that, you know, not that like he, he was there last year and kind of like had his moments last year, right. As a rookie, but, uh, again, he had some big moments in this game, and and just seeing him kind of continue to grow and develop, like they just have a lot of
0: fun pieces on that side of the ball. Yeah, I mean on defense, you've got you know they're more in the free agent realm, but I think you've got Jordan Willis who proved that he can be a contributor. You've got Charles Amenahu, who who I'm excited about, not just because he went to Texas, but because he's had an unreal pressure rate at near the end of the game. I think Arden Key. As part of the Chris Kasurik revival train, I mean that that is other areas and other players. I think that that have been successful. I, what this season I think did for me more than anything else, and this is going to sound I don't know maybe stupid or whatever, but like I've I've grown I, ever since I think maybe 2003, four, five, six in that kind of decade of darkness area. I've grown very cynical about watching this team when it gets close near the end. It's like I've I've talked about this before. I emotionally gird myself for the loss, where I'm like, oh, they're gonna fucking give it away. They're gonna lose, you know. And like it just it it's safer emotionally to to not expect them to win because then when they lose, it's just like I ex- I expected that. I'm I'm ready for it. You know, my body is ready, and this season especially in the playoffs. Especially honestly after the Tennessee game with with the Rams game and and the Cowboys and and the Packers like I I really started to like Ted Lasso believe. You know, <laughs> touch touch the sign, man, be a goldfish. And and I like I and this is why I think if you're in the Discord if you follow me on Twitter like I'm the one who's saying like hey look, we were down 17, we still won the game. Like stay in the fight, do it like this team I think reminded me that Yes, it doesn't always go your way, but man, it's much better to believe they're going to win. And when they win, like, I'd rather be in that high. I'd rather be in that fun spot. I'd rather be in that place where you're like, I'm going to enjoy this win. And sometimes, yes, they're going to lose. They lost today. But that that to me was what this season did to me as a fan, not just someone who watches the game and breaks it down for for all you knuckleheads.
1: Look, man, I, I think like this game, there was more of that. Uh, for me, than in a while. I, I think it would, really was like just seeing them continue to win in these ugly games where things like it, it really didn't look like they should be in the game right it looked like this if you just kind of you know they mentioned a lot during the broadcast right if you if you just kind of ignored the score and looked at how the game was actually going yeah you would expect that other team to be up like maybe pretty big and and it just wasn't the case and so the fact that they had it kind of you know continued to win those types of games uh especially down this this playoff push here like yeah it did just kind of make you feel as things were ugly you go into the half and and just yeah it hadn't felt great and you see that score and you're like all right they're they're up like this is still you know uh in a great position for them and uh yeah it it makes you have definitely some hope there that that they're going to be able to pull that type of thing out Uh, you know unfortunately it didn't happen this week but uh it's something that they yeah i think have been able to do for for a number of games this
0: year all right. So what went wrong? this was a game that was a loss. It does end their season. And and I think like the thing that jumps out to me first and foremost is the safeties. And maybe the coverage unit in general. Um this was the game I think that we were all afraid of when you think of that that secondary for the 49ers. It's been something that the Niners have been you know, they didn't address the position in the off seasons, you know, with without draft picks and Ambry Thomas and Diamor Lenore who was inactive this game. But this was a game where typically, you know, your, your stalwarts on that back end or Jimmy Ward and, and Jaquaski tart and, and even Jimmy Ward did not have a good game. And, and Jaquaski tart had a very visible interception drop. But he gives up the touchdown to, to Cooper Cup when he's trying to play that that kind of deep corner. And yes, it was a great throw by Stafford and a good drop by Cup. But the, the players on that back end that typically have been reliable for the 49ers were not reliable in this game against the Rams.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, look, we're we're gonna get into the offense, but uh, it w- which I think is is absolutely like the main reason, right, that they they ended up losing this game. But it was just incredibly frustrating, and it's been that way for several weeks now, right? Where it's just like, uh, man, you just see Jimmy Ward, especially, I think, has been incredibly frustrating. Like he has just had some really bad fuck ups, and and it's just uh i mean he's been fortunate in that like a lot of them haven't actually bit him. right in this game like one of the the worst ones is is the you know i don't I have no idea what he's doing i mean well uh maybe i guess uh end up taking a look at at the all 22 of this not entirely sure uh just yet but um yeah i mean it, it where, where you see him trying to kind of pass off a route with uh, Mosley there on the outside and you get the touchdown that's dropped and, and just like, yeah, he, he's just had some really bad, like mental errors these last couple of weeks and is, is looked awful. And yeah, and Jakowski Tart, right. Had some more visible plays in this game where you get the touchdown, uh, that, that he wasn't great on there, uh, on the corner route. Yeah, you get the dropped interception, obviously. One of the biggest plays, if not the biggest play in the game, uh, which was absolutely brutal. And, and you feel for him in that situation, right? Just knowing that, like, fuck, that, that's that got to hurt. Like, yeah. you're, you're not going to get many easier opportunities uh, to get a turnover than that one I know there.
0: I know there's a few uh, Texas Niners fans out there, and it, it had, like, echoes of Blake Gideon. In the game against Texas Tech, that that Crabtree ends up scoring a touchdown. I think it was uh, 2008, where the the Texas, if Blake didn't just hold on to that ball, God, the Texas wins and they probably go on to, to win a national championship game. But you know, it was it felt like that kind of a thing where it's like that that could put them away, um, yeah. and maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't steal the game because there's still you know like five minutes left, I think at that point or something like that. So you know, but but it did very much feel like that was a a high visibility, high leverage situation that um that hit him in the chest and, and and literally let it kind of go through his fingers. I think another person that you know, I thought a lot about especially cuz we were talking about Kaywan Williams over the course of the last couple of weeks and about how he's a good zone corner, not a super great man corner and while he did have the the tip ball in the end zone that ended up getting uh, the 49ers an interception against uh, the Rams early in the game, it, there were a lot of situations where he was kind of in the slot, and he did not do you know super wonderful things. Um, he was in a you know like a yard or two off of the receiver a lot, and I think that's an area where the Niners they know they probably need an, uh, some kind of juice there. I just don't know where that's going to come from. But the, the, I think the back end was was problematic, and where other quarterbacks for different reasons didn't take advantage of these situations. Dak Prescott, because he was under way more pressure. And, and I think Aaron Rodgers, because he was hyper fixated on Devontae Adams. Stafford wasn't hyper fixated on one or two players. He was really taking what the play gave him and he was throwing darts. I mean, Stafford versus man coverage, Stafford versus the blitz. He was getting the ball out quick. He was getting into the perimeter. And when he was throwing those in-breaking routes, Stafford was throwing that ball accurately. I mean, the third down throw to Cooper Cup against k Williams was just on the money. It was perfect. It was quick. He was like, that's what a quarterback who is accurate and who can throw the ball out really, really quickly, what he can do to negate the rush. And that's what Stafford was doing. We talked the last couple of weeks about how the opportunities were there. It's just for whatever reason, the offense that the 49ers are were facing weren't taking advantage. Well, now that Stafford took advantage and, and this is the result.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you look at the games, obviously, that Cup and and Beckham had, and and it's tough. Um, I mean, yeah, Stafford was great for a large portion of this game, was making a lot of great throws. And and even, you know, even when the pressure was kind of muddying things, right? I mean, the the third down throw that you just mentioned to Cup there, like he's having to kind of change arm angles there. He can't step into it because he's got people right in his lap. He gets hit right after the ball's released, I believe um and, and so yeah and still is able to put that right on the money and and that was one of the plays that k1 had great coverage i mean k1's right there like swiping across there is not a lot of space to fit that ball in and he puts it right where it needs to be um but yeah i, I think you did see them obviously take advantage uh, of some situations there with this secondary right and and uh especially they it did feel like for a while the 49ers were were going to more man coverage and you know cup in the slot on K-1 was a problem. Um, yeah. You know, even the one, I mean, the the tip that he had was great, right, that that leads to the Jimmy Ward interception, um, but that was one of Stafford's, like, more poorly thrown balls, right? It's, it's yeah, I was behind, behind him. Uh, I, I think he can probably fit that in there if it's an accurate throw and, and you're looking at another touchdown there. So, Yeah, I I think it was just a tough game because you had Cup and then even Blanton, you know, they're down to their final active tight end and and he's able to find some space in the middle of the field there uh, when they did go to more zone stuff. And and so, yeah, they just kind of felt off in the back end. Um, You were having guys way more open down the field than than I feel like they've had before, right? You, You don't end up with a ton of like busted assignments from this group usually when they're losing it's because it's it's some sort of like matchup type issue right where you, you get throws down the field against those outside corners and they just they can't win the jump balls or they give up the separation uh you know late to let those guys get behind them something like that right where it's just like that that opposing player is just better than you on that play uh, it, it doesn't tend to be like the bus and and the leaving guys wide open and, and it felt like there was more of that in this game
0: yeah, and Stafford was finding space. I mean, you've got Ambry Thomas, who's not getting his required depth on cover two. Like, he needs to worry about that deep shot before he needs to worry about the guy in the flat on third down and it ends up costing him a touchdown. And then you've got Emmanuel Mosley, who's uh, rightfully afraid of Odell Beckham going deep. And so he's just giving up a huge cushion underneath. And Odell Beckham's just getting hitch routes and stop routes, and Stafford's finding him. And, and that was and, another and those, area
1: where Ward was frustrating the hell on me. So there were there were several of those like the comeback that I, I think Aikman yeah. tried was like, uh, you know, K1 or excuse me, Mosley giving up a big cushion and, and getting beat on it. Like Ward is the 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 curl flat player on that play and is the guy that needs to be getting underneath that route like Mosley is playing deep for a reason, because that's the coverage he's responsible for the deeper routes. Like he should have help underneath that. And so Ward was just having, you know, trouble when he was down there uh, in some of those underneath zones, uh, especially in in that role. I mean, he's a little bit better when you get to put him in the more in the middle of the field and in that hook area, Um, which I know it's like, right when they went back to that same coverage, when they went back to cover three, the next time they had swapped the roles uh, of who was getting out there wide into that curl flat area. And so uh, yeah, it was just, uh, it wasn't great. They they were giving up a lot of space.
0: And then when you flip to the offense, the the run game just wasn't there. I, I feel like they, they tried going to their staple runs and now they're on week, I think five or six of having the same kind of group of, of runs, whether it's, you know, kind of Zorro or whether you have that, you know, what looks like a toss play, but really it's a split zone where it's meant to hit inside, you know, all of that just wasn't, wasn't successful the rams were primed for it they were there to stop it i mean they were playing normally they they'd go to a five or six man front with one linebacker it seemed like now they were actually getting two linebackers with a five man front so they were very much trying to set the edge hard especially and clog up the middle with you know covering up both guards but then not just have one linebacker back there but also have two linebackers back there so they were very much daring the 49ers to throw the 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 run game only had 2.5 yards per carry on 20 rushes 20 rushes Mitchell was uh it, it, Mitchell didn't have any explosive runs there were three tackles for losses there was just you know, even Debo those runs like we all knew they were coming we knew they were going to happen and they just and there were a couple that broke especially in the middle late but they just it, they, they couldn't rely on the run game the ball had to be in Jimmy's hands and well we saw what happened
1: right I mean we've seen them uh be able to overcome either a bad game rushing the ball you know less frequently that they can overcome it but they have um or we've seen them overcome a bad jimmy game but you can overcome a bad jimmy game and a bad rushing game right and it just wasn't there i mean uh yeah not a single run over 10 yards right not one of those explosive runs uh on any of their 20 carries in this game from whether it was mitchell or debo and uh you get three i think plays that were were tackled for loss in the backfield there And so, yeah, it was just tough. I mean, you know, less than three yards of carry is absolutely brutal. I mean, for Mitchell as their primary back and the guy with, with the the bulk of the carries there, less than two yards of carry is just absolutely rough for this offense. And so the running game wasn't there. I mean, Rams obviously, and, and rightfully finally wisened up and uh, and were I mean they were ready for it, right they Didn't they play were, too high yeah uh very much like it, it it felt like this was like finally the time there that they were ready and that they were uh convinced that they weren't going to be the team that got kind of out muscled up front there. They were winning those matchups uh along the line of scrimmage far more consistently than than the fourers were be able to get anything blocked up and uh yeah, so I think you you have that which is always gonna put the, this offense in some bad situations and and then by the time it was late i mean jimmy was bad for most of this game but especially as you got late once the rams kind of came back there i mean now you're playing into this is what kind of we talked about right where this is what the rams are built for they're built to stop when you have to drop back and throw every time right and you're trying to spread things out like this is playing right into their hands and it was just ugly i mean this this offense was awful down the stretch couldn't do anything
0: yeah, I mean, Tom Compton got worked seemingly every pass pro snap. And it was the same move, too. It was kind of like the the inside hand that hits that shoulder, and, and he gets pushed back right into Jimmy Garoppolo. It didn't matter who was rushing over Tom Compton. It seemed like that's where the pressure was coming from. Aaron Donald had a couple of good pass rushes as well, and we know that he's going to kind of get his. And, and and the Rams seemingly were okay with blitzing or sending an extra rusher a lot because they were going to try to get to Garoppolo and get the ball out of his hand quick and then break on anything that was that was kind of happening underneath. So th- they were really just picking at the areas that the 49ers had had done a good job of papering over so far this season and and then finally when they had to throw the ball there at the very very end of the game it just it, it wasn't good. Jimmy Garoppolo in in fourth quarters hasn't been good. The, this stat comes from Josh Dubo. Jimmy Garoppolo went 3 for 9 for 30 yards uh, and an interception uh in the fourth quarter. Um that that interception was I mean it's a fitting way to end his career but uh, end his career with the 49ers I should say more than likely. Um, but in 6 playoff starts, Garoppolo has a 28 passer rating in the fourth quarter, ranking last among 69 quarterbacks with 30 or more fourth quarter passes in the playoffs since 1991. Not good. <laughs> not good. And I mean, you have J- Jimmy just not he missed a wide open George Kittle. The game is 7-7 early if he hits George Kittle on that play and he just sails it, absolutely sails it. He's getting Debo absolutely murdered with hospital passes. He is missing receivers wide open. He is trying to arm whip balls into the flat that almost get picked off. He hit Jalen Ramsey in the shoulder. Like, yes, Tart may have dropped a pick, but Jalen Ramsey also dropped a pick not long after that that maybe would have been six the other way.
1: The the Ramsey pick, too, was like, I mean, it was nearly an identity. It was an even worse version of the the pick yes. against the Packers in the red zone. Like, um, you know, that wasn't even one. Like, at least you can understand why he let it go in the Packers game, because it was like there was initially space there. He was just late and he just doesn't have the arm to actually make that throw. Right. But there was like for a better quarterback, there was a there was a completion on the table for that one, at least. This one is you just completely miss him, right? Like this isn't uh, a, a receiver that's like breaking away in a scramble drill from his guy. Like this is not even seeing Jalen Ramsey just sitting there and, and like jumping all over this throw. Uh, and, and so, yeah, it was just uh, I mean, it was tough. Um, it, it was it was tough that they just couldn't get anything going. I mean, you basically had the only one drive that they had uh where the offense looked you know effective to any level was really uh the the drive that ended in the Kittle touchdown right even you look at the other touchdown and it was two plays you got the the best Jimmy throw of the game where they go down the field uh down the left sideline there to Ayuk and, it, and he's so close if he can just stay in bounds he's taking that to yeah. the house uh and, and so you had that good throw and then you have Debo doing his thing um, you know, on, on the screen and, and taking that to the house. But uh, yeah, other than that, it was the, it was the one drive and they just looked awful offensively um, every other possession, especially those possessions down the stretch.
0: Yeah. And so you, you ultimately you, you have a not good Jimmy game in a game where he needed to be good because the run game was bottled up. You have them not being able to maintain a positive game script because of what was happening on defense with Stafford just finding the areas against D'Amico ryan's and it just felt like some of the high leverage stuff that D'Amico had been trying the last few weeks just didn't work against the rams and they were able to stay on top of it enough which to be fair 20 points should yeah. be enough for your offense to do it yep. right like yes we talked about stafford finding areas in the 49ers defense but 20 points this is this is the top, this is uh, ideally a top 10 offense you should be able to find more than 17 points with this offense, but you know, I think it's, it's difficult when Jimmy's not playing well and it's extra difficult when you are not capitalizing and not getting more points when it comes to fourth down decision-making. Right. You and, did and not.
1: The, oh, I mean the, the, Rams right did not capitalize early and and they had a lot of opportunities. Right. And you look at, at how the first half of that game went and it, it was really, uh kind of shocking that the foreign were able to go in into halftime with the lead right like that is not how it felt like that game played out and and it really looked like in most aspects the rams were were kind of comfortably uh in control of that game and you you don't you know you they they make the mistakes and, and don't capitalize on all their opportunities that they had whether it's the uh, you know, the, the bad throw from Stafford that leads to the tipped interception in the end zone, uh, whether it's the drops that you had from cup and whoever that other scrub receiver is that, that missed it on the post. Um, and, and yeah, you have those opportunities, but the 49ers didn't capitalize on that, right? Like you, you have to be able to, to kind of get something out of that. And they just didn't do enough, uh, to,
0: to kind of build a lead that they needed to there. Yeah, I mean, when you get to the fourth down decision making, there's a couple. There, there, there are different models to see whether you should go for it or not, and and two models that I really like because they're readily accessible and you can get them almost in real time are from Ben Baldwin and from the Surrender Index. Ben Baldwin had a recommendation: a very strong go for it. If you basically go for it, you're looking at about an increase of five point four win percentage points. You're really helping your team win. And and you felt that way in the game. It's fourth and two. If you can convert this, get a score, you really put the Rams on their heels. And instead, the Niners go out there and try to force a false start. It's like that, that doesn't... It, it just... Come on. It doesn't seem like that's really the, 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 the smart thing to do. And when you look at the surrender index, this ranked in the 88th percentile of what they call cowardly punts of the 2021 season and the 84th percentile of all punts since 1999. So even if you stretch back to the coaching stone age where coaches were still not aware of what numbers were apparently and and did not, you know, have analytics departments and all that stuff, you're still in the 84th percentile of cowardly punts. That decision, like the, these games are one on the margins and I think Kyle Shanahan does a lot of wonderful things. I'm not in any way, shape, or form saying that Kyle Shanahan needs to be fired over this or he shouldn't be the coach. I think the Niners are here in large part because of Kyle Shanahan and some of the decisions that he's made. But he has a very clear weakness when it comes to fourth down decision making and when to go for it.
1: I mean, like, look, there's no way around it. The The guy's a fucking coward in these situations. He refuses to go for it unless it's absolutely like there's and, and there's no possible explanation or excuse to not go for it those are the situations he goes for it in right and even he doesn't even do it in all those ones like and, and yeah I feel like that situation right there um is just one I mean after like the third down call was fucking stupid too like I know Aikman tried to be like oh yeah it was a good design they brought you know it was, they was they brought the Trent Williams motion in there made him think that you were going to hit outside and you do that handoff underneath to, to juice and it's just like I can I can see that if you only need a yard, you know, ideally like less yeah. than a yard. Uh, but third and two, like, come on. You, the run game hasn't been doing shit like you need to try to throw the ball, at least like a, a screen, like literally literally anything else would have been better in that situation. So like, yeah, the, the the play call on third down was really frustrating. And then to have that play call, usually if they do something like that in a situation where you would normally kind of expect pass on a third down and and they run it anyway uh they they end up going for it on fourth down right it's with the idea that we're going to do this to kind of take a a chance make it maybe a little bit easier maybe we can get it uh you know a conversion because they're not expecting it but then we're going to go for it on fourth down if if they don't you know or if we don't get it and and then yeah to go down and you know punt uh after that is just it's brutal it was it was a tough moment in the game
0: I don't know if fourth down decision-making is something that substantively changes for a coach. I feel like that's a question we've got to ask the the PFF data scientist. Maybe I'll ask Eric, uh, Eric Eager, Dr. Eric Eager, uh, to see if he's got some some data there. But it feels like maybe Riverboat Ron, Ron Rivera, is the only coach I can think of in recent memory that's like really changed his stripes in terms of fourth down decision-making. I feel like this is just part of who he is. Because I think to myself, is, is Shanahan going to get better at this next year? Well, he's got a rookie quarterback or effectively no, a second year quarterback, but a, you know, a young quarterback, I don't know if he's going to do it. And then you think to your next year and it's like, I don't know, it feels like you kind of keep kicking the can down the line. But I think overall, you know, the, the, when you come back down to it, this is a team that achieved beyond expectation. And when it came down to it, they were limited by some of their secondary pieces. And despite what D'Amico Ryans could do or was able to do that bit them. And they were limited by their quarterback. And those were the things that we knew about this team going in. And the fact that they got this far, I think, speaks to some of the great play calls and game plans that D'Amico Ryan's had. Some of the things that Kyle Shanahan was able to do, both schematically but also organizationally, to keep this team together. To make sure they didn't lose focus, even when it looked like the season was toast to manage the whole Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance thing. And now we're going to go into the kind of Trey Lance era. Finally, Um, you know, all of those things are tough for a leader to manage. And, And so I think that despite all those things, these are still good coaches. They're the reason this coaching staff gets pilfered and, and, you know, it just, it sucked to end this way, but here we are. Not, not every, not, not even Tom Brady ended every season in the Super Bowl
1: <laughs> right I I think it's just a matter of you know I, again you can you can both have a you know what you feel like is a s- successful season overall where where they really did achieve beyond what you would expect and also just kind of be frustrated with the way things ended because it felt like they could totally. do better right like it that they're clear yeah right a, a team that you've done very well against uh in, in the recent past here and, and just like some very clear things that that they could have done differently um and, and just weren't able to execute on
0: and it's yeah i, I think definitely pretty yeah. frustrating game to lose i mean like this this is a quarterback driven league and 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 quite frankly when you look at the fact that this jimmy garoppolo with that touchdown to george kittle which which first of all his first touchdown to Debo samuel like i i if you could give half a touchdown to a quarterback i would like if you can give half sacks to pass rushers i want to give a half quarter, like a half touchdown pass I mean, to Jimmy you Garoppolo. He shouldn't even get a
1: half. He gets, he gets nothing. Yeah,
0: That was all Debo Samuel, but that touchdown throw to George Kittle was legit. It was a good throw, and, yeah. and he gets it. He threw, that was the first time Jimmy Garoppolo has thrown more than one touchdown in a game. In the playoffs. In his career. In 2019, he had one touchdown against the Vikings, and he had one touchdown in the Super Bowl against Kansas City. He had zero against Green Bay, and then he had zero touchdowns against Dallas and he had zero touchdowns against green Bay. That was his first multi touchdown game in his career in the playoffs. But that, but he's got an, and he had threw an interception every single game this postseason. He threw one against the Dallas. He he threw against Dallas Cowboys. He threw one against green Bay and he threw one at the very, very end of the game here. That is the story of Jimmy Garoppolo. He can, you know, it's just, that's, that's where they were, you know? And so at the end of the day, we knew what this team was. They overachieved. It was a fun fucking season. It was. It was a lot of fun. But now the Niners are hopefully going to upgrade a quarterback. They've got some things to do. They've got some groceries to buy in the secondary. And uh, and they're a good enough team to continue to make noise in the playoffs come next year. Look, I'm not ready to think about next year yet. All right. Let's... Bro. Top 200 draft board. Let's do it. I'm kidding. Let's get to the quick hits first. And then we can take... We're probably going to take a week off maybe two. Uh <laughs> after this podcast
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about this off air.
0: <laughs> yeah, not going to lie guys. Uh it's been it's been a long season. It's it's been fun, but it's been a long season. We've got marathons to run, we've got children to raise. Um the other thing I think about this season that's been fun is my daughter absolutely knows when there are sports happening and she knows the 49ers logo at this point. And so now she'll point at the 49ers logo and she'll just raise her hands and go like for touchdown, <laughs> <laughs> which if I get nothing else out of this season, like that's my Super Bowl. Like okay. that's like the fact that she identifies that and knows when things are happening and j- throws her hands up. Let's do it, man. I love it. Uh, all right, let's get to the quick hits um, more. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know if I even want to do this because this is going to suck. The Rams were one in twenty three when trailing by double digits, this is from Nick Wagoner from ESPN. Uh, they were one and 23 when trailing by double digits in the second half under Sean McVay. They are now two and 23. Both wins came in the NFC championship game. Cool. Yeah. Uh, 10 point lead. The Niners are very familiar with fourth quarter, 10 point leads in the playoffs. Like we're not, we're not even going to go there because it was 20 to 10 in the Super Bowl. That's all I'm saying. Um, the 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 fox crew ran a montage of negative shanahan headlines there were already, four of them i already know i think going, i think three of them were from sports illustrated which means they were all grant cone yeah they, I the, they basically the exact ran exact thought i was like fuck this get it get the fuck out of here with these headlines oh god it's so terrible it's bad because I think, again, there there are there are failings for Shanahan. There are. There are things he doesn't do well. There are things lots of coaches don't do well. Um, but he is still the one of the main reasons the team is where they are. And that was in the NFC Championship game uh, two out of the last three years. So, yeah. You know. um, another fun stat. 60% of Jibby Ward's career interceptions have come against the Rams Matt Stafford. That is not like a hyperbolic stat. That is not me just bullshitting numbers. He has five interceptions in his career. 3 of them have come this season against Matt Stafford.
1: 60% of the time it works every
0: time. <laughs> That's insane. Absolutely insane. Uh and and I guess we'll end on this note. Nick Bosa had a fantastic season. He uh has now the playoff record for the 49ers for most sacks in the postseason he beat Charles Haley because he was credited with a sack by grabbing Matt Stafford on his back and pulling him down which was great yeah uh, and Ebukam. I mean we didn't talk about Ebukam at all but I feel like Ebukam had a pretty good game especially with his bull rush because he's got one move and if that one move works then he works and his move is a bull rush and his it worked it worked he was he was definitely disrupting a lot uh, I think Nick Bosa's first sack was in large part because Ebukam was getting pressure and forced Stafford to move. And then that's what m- kind of moved him up into Nick Bosa. But uh, he is incredible and he continues to get the accolades for the 49ers. Uh, and now he is the postseason leader for the 49ers for most sacks. Not a surprise. Not a surprise at all. Yeah. He's uh, he is incredible at the thing they call the football. Um, man. It sucks. It sucks to lose, but it was a fun season, man. It was a fun, fun season. I had a lot of fun. Uh, I know that a lot of the people on the discord had fun. Um, and yeah, now it's time to take a week or two off. Start thinking about cornerbacks. Let's get real deep in the cornerback play. I want to know all the techniques. (laughs) We need to know what people to draft, how we're going to draft him. Um, and let's uh yeah let's uh let's do the it. only thing right
1: now that i'm thinking about getting real deep into is sleep <laughs> could have gone some different directions there but keep it yeah keep i was gonna PG. say that uh and that's the honest truth too i'm just yeah like um oh this fucking day fucking day. this has
0: been one hell of a fucking season thank every single one of you who have been along for the ride if you are a patron if you've bought us beers if you haven't, and you're this is the first time that you're listening to us, and you're like, "Who are these two weirdos who are talking some bullshit?" It doesn't matter. Um, it was fu- it was fun to be a part of the Niners takeover in Dallas. It was fun to see how loud it got, forcing Matt Stafford into another silent count at home. Like the the, the way Niners fans travel is incredible. It just everything about this season was fun. It didn't end where we wanted it to which was facing the Bengals in a Super Bowl that felt very, very winnable. But uh, I still think that the Niners, because of the coaching staff, because of some of the pieces they have, are set up to be uh, a successful franchise over the next few years. Just got to solve that quarterback position. And now we turn our eyes to Trey Lance, which we'll do in a couple weeks. Maybe. Uh, (laughs) We've got videos. I think I've I've released those videos already. But um, thanks to everyone uh, who, who tuned in. Thanks to everyone who's listened to us, who's been a part of this. Uh, We're going to take a couple weeks off. We're going to run. I'm probably not going to take time off the Discord. I got to post my Wordle scores, bro.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the Wordle doesn't stop.
0: No. At least for a little bit until I get bored. Wordle doesn't stop. Uh, Thanks to everyone who tuned in. And as always, go Niners.